0: If you are still mourning the end of the Jim Harbaugh era for Michigan football, it's time to move on. It's time to move past because it is officially a new era in Ann Arbor. The 21st head coach of the Michigan Wolverines has been announced, and I only have one thing to say about that. Smash. Let's talk about it on this episode of Locked on Wolverines. You are locked on Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday. I don't know what I say after this for some reason. Locked On Wolverines Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Isaiah Hole. I'm publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. It all just kind of came back to me suddenly, randomly. It's kind of funny that uh, I couldn't remember anything. Uh, Nonetheless... uh, Friday night, 48 hours after Jim Harbaugh was announced to be going to the Los Angeles Chargers, waiver be darned, or not waiver, will waiver be accepted, public posting be darned, damned, whatever, I don't care, I'll just say that, Uh, Michigan has its brand new head coach without having publicly posted the job for over a week, and that is Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator, who was the interim head coach for Michigan football uh, over the course of the the third game and then the last three regular season games, he has wins, a uh, road win against a ranked Penn State team, and also has beaten Ohio State. He takes over the program, and that is super exciting news. Now, I know there are a lot of people out there who don't think it's super exciting, but I have a couple of things I'll I'll tell you about that. Obviously, you should be excited because you've already seen that he can in game coach to beat those teams. Uh, was it uh, super dominant? Well, against Penn state, it was even with running the football 18,000 straight times in the second half, uh, against Maryland. It was a little bit of a debacle. You can understand when you hear that, uh, JJ McCarthy could barely walk and hadn't practiced all week. That kind of makes a little bit of sense. Chris Partridge being fired on the eve of, and Ohio state, uh, was certainly a tough game, but still m- he ended up prevailing and they end up winning that game. So, he takes over as the new head coach. He got Jim Harbaugh's blessing. He told the team earlier today uh, and his uh, goodbye meeting that uh, Sharon was the guy that he was hoping would take over. He's been saying it's kind of one of those hindsight things. If you go back and look at any of the press conferences or public appearances that Jim Harbaugh, anything he said on record, he has uh, espoused Sharon as being his replacement essentially uh, for over a year now. And it's kind of funny because obviously he only has been an offensive coordinator for Michigan for uh, you know essentially one year solo. He had a, a year as a co-offensive coordinator with Matt Weiss, and uh, now he's uh, he's got that role. He had a co-offensive coordinator role also in uh, 2021, but that was really Josh Gaddis was the offensive coordinator. But it is a really good thing for multiple reasons. Number one, the most important thing is aside from the fact that we have seen that he can at least do the game day duties and obviously now he's got to run the program is the continuity and stability uh having been around since 2018 he knows exactly what it looks like To he's he's seen the bad right 2018 was a decent year 2019 was very meh uh then 2020 was a debacle he's seen what uh a non-winning culture looks like in ann arbor and he's seen what a winning culture looks like in ann arbor uh, he can certainly coerce just about anyone, specifically on the offensive side, to stick around and not uh, enter the transfer portal. So that is huge for, uh, for Michigan and its future chances. They absolutely need that stability. Can't have the same type of mass exodus that Alabama or Washington just had, right? You've got to be able to retain your talent if you have any shot uh, at not just going into the dark ages. Remember, that was the big downfall of Rich Rodriguez's hire was that there were a lot of top players from Ryan Mallett, may he rest in peace, to just just a, a lot of other key players that just did not stick around uh, for the Rich Rodriguez era. Could have gone a lot differently. The uh, The vision remains the same as far as we know at this point. I can't imagine that Chiron is going to come to his... Uh, Saturday morning press conference tomorrow, and be like, "Listen, we're changing everything." The other guy did do things good. Fifteen and zero, national champions. We can do better, and in order to do better, we're going to completely change things around. No, it's going to be, "Hey, I know what works here, and we're going to continue going down that path." Okay, it is going to be an uphill battle. The schedule is uh, daunting. Even if you look and you say, "All right, some of these teams aren't as good as maybe they were this last year." Uh, USC was in as good last year as it was the year before, and it loses Caleb Williams, comes to the big house, so that feels like a winnable game. Texas loses a bit of talent, but it is still a college football playoff team that has Quinn Ewers leading the charge, but they do come to Ann Arbor. Uh, and then you look at uh, Washington, which has com- been completely decimated, but they'll be going up against a familiar face to Michigan fans and Jed Fish, and it is in Seattle. And then you have uh, Ohio State at the end of the year. Those are your four games, right? Uh, you hope you don't go 8-4. and four. You hope that you go 10-2 uh, and or better, right? And it is possible that he does better. So there is a lot to really like there. The things that I think he will change are as Josh Henschke reported, and I think we talked about yesterday, I can't remember. Uh, it was the uh, the fact that he is going to be a much more voracious recruiter from the uh, head coaching spot. Jim Harbaugh was not one. And it is going to be interesting to see the types of changes that Sharon makes and if he kind of moves Michigan recruiting into the 21st century finally. Uh, because Jim Harbaugh kind of relied on name recognition in the early going right and he was able to do that and everyone was excited I mean he was the you know the most prolific uh, head coach in the country in terms of just brand recognition uh and uh, that paid dividends after that after those first couple of years after uh 20 you know 2016 and 17 uh recruiting classes uh it just didn't it didn't get the same pull because we had seen the results on the field at Michigan right so Sharon Moore has a little bit more cachet uh in terms of he is going to I'm sure be Very, very active on the recruiting trail. And that is something Michigan absolutely needs. Uh so there is that. What what is what is it gonna look like? It's hard to really say. And a lot, a big part of it is he not only needs to retain his players, he needs to retain his coaches. And the good news is uh multiple people out there have reported it's a five year, five point five million dollar contract. So that is giant because when you keep in mind that they were gonna spend what, twelve and a half million or eleven and a half million, I don't really know. I've seen conflicting numbers out there on Jim Harbaugh that means that they have essentially uh, that's outside of the scope of what they were going to spend on on uh coaches assistant coaches now they've got seven and a half million that they can say hey you know what or seven million they can be like you know what we are going to spend that like hey jesse Minter, we want you to stick around right and i told you what uh, a high level person a name that everybody uh here would know uh told me that the that the hope was they'd be able to retain jesse Minter. Uh, I don't know how much we can read into that. You know, it could just be saying, hey, you know, that'd be cool if he stuck around or if they're actually going to really go after him. Uh, but that would be huge. Ben Herbert. That's the other name that you obviously need to keep around. As someone pointed out in one of the message boards, it, it, do, it doesn't seem likely that he's going to abandon the fact that his he got his nephew a scholarship offer and Zach Ludwig to come to uh, Michigan and be like, all right, peace, you know, good luck, you know. So lots to really like about this. We're going to continue talking about it. I've got some other topics I want to hit in this show. I know that you would think that I would spend the whole thing devoted to Sharon Moore. We've talked a lot about the possibility uh, over the course of a while. We kind of know what he brings to the table. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're a follower of this show, I don't feel like we needed to be like, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think that there's too much nuance to it. We'll get to more nuance kind of in the coming month, uh, but as we kind of learn more of what the uh, Sharon Moore administration looks like. Uh, But we will continue talking about it here in the next segment. But I segment, I also want to talk about uh, the athletic uh, Ari Wasserman, who I've had uh, had a very public disagreement with on Twitter a couple years ago. Uh, He's, uh, you know, he he said Ohio State fans need to keep, you know, quit crying. And other people have, uh, notable people have looped in and said, hey, yeah, you got a loser mentality right now. So we're going to get to that. And uh, also uh, Jim Harbaugh, some interesting things that he said. To Angelique Shangelis uh, at the airport yesterday. We're going to get to all of that and more. And we'll do that momentarily. Before we do that, listen, you know, there, there, if you're like thinking about going to San Francisco to watch the Lions on Sunday or, you know, you got a bunch of concerts coming up, there's all kinds of things. You know what? There's one easy, best way, both easy and best to get in the door to whatever that event is, and that is game time. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, customers, all users rather, get $100 off, that's $100 off, yeah, you hear me say, $100 off when they buy a big game ticket with the code VEGAS100. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. There's so many things that I absolutely love about it. We covered, uh, and I'm about to cough here. <laughs> we covered last, uh, last week when we talked about game time. While you, you had all these tweets and everything that said, like, the public prices for the Detroit Lions divisional round playoff game were get in the door were $1,100. I was reading you that you could get in the door for $400 last week. That's how great game time is, and that was without any discount. So, so many things that are great about it. Uh, They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. Even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats. So find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on all the tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time picks the seats for big time savings. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with the code Vegas100. Terms apply. Just download the, uh, the game time app and use the code Vegas100 for $100 off of a big game ticket. So download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Missouri is being very needy right now. Last, uh, the last like couple weeks of podcasts, uh, really since I uh, got back from bowl season, she hasn't wanted to be in here, and she is begging for attention at the moment. Yeah, for, for those who are watching on video, let's get her an appearance. Uh, you might not be able to see her with the cropping and everything, but here she is. There's the puppy. She is excited about Sharon Moore being hired as well. Um, so uh, here's the thing. There's going to be a lot of people here uh, who certainly feel like it's an uninspired hire. We covered some of this er uh, earlier in the week, uh, but uh, there are reasons why you make this hire, right? I understand he doesn't have like a ton of offensive coordinator experience, even. I would have preferred another year uh, of on the job training, but, you know, as Jim Harbaugh said in his uh, farewell, he hopes that the, uh, that the Chargers become Michigan West and that the two programs are one, the franchise and the program are one. So that is really big news because that means that Jim can, uh, can still continue to uh, tutor him. Right. And it also means that, they're, that they're probably going to uh, that. There probably is going to be some coach sharing and things of that nature, kind of like how, how it was with uh, Jim and John Harbaugh with the Ravens. That means that you can have some, kind of that similar relationship of of, uh, information sharing. Uh, you know, I think one of the biggest things for me is, uh, because we, what we don't know about Sharon is when he needs to hire an assistant coach, what does he look for? That's one of the things Jim has been really good at. Even things that haven't worked necessarily, they were still at least on paper, really good or really good in the beginning before they got figured out. A, AKA Don Brown, so uh for sharon to be able to lean on jim and say like what should i be looking for who should i be looking for that kind of stuff when i make a hire uh that would be huge right to be able to uh, find the right fits wherever they go uh so that is giant uh i know again there's people that want that national search i i'm telling you that would have been a debacle in the age of NIL and all of this pay for play that is currently happening and tampering uh, all the illegal things that are happening that the NCAA just does not seem to care about. Instead, they care about cheeseburgers and grainy iPhone film. Uh, it's, um, they, uh, you would see probably a mass exodus if suddenly they brought in a Lance Leopold, certainly a Brian Kelly. I don't think that that necessarily moves the needle. Maybe it would have moved the needle for like Bryce Underwood, but at what cost? Right. And uh, Sharon Moore at least knows what it takes to win a national championship. We haven't seen that from Brian Kelly or, or, or the rest of the field. So while he might not have been the head guy, we also know he knows what it takes, at least on game day. I mean, he knows what it takes on in the practice. He might not have led practice, but certainly he had a big part in the game planning and all of that with Ohio State. Uh, he knows what Michigan's culture is. You get to retain your your uh, your personnel and you also know like okay i have been a part of this i've been a part of the resurgence i was here before the resurgence i know what it takes and i'm gonna do everything i can to make that happen so that is huge i'm just making sure there isn't anything else here uh as uh i get a notification on twitter but uh i I think that that is that you you can't understate that and for anyone who's refuting that either you didn't live through the transition from lloyd Carr to rich rodriguez or you are willfully forgetting about it. It's continuity is huge, especially at Michigan because you've seen it, right? Uh, people who have familiarity, certainly there have been outsiders who have come in, right? Bo Schembechler was an outsider, Fielding H. Yost was an outsider, uh, but there's been a lot of success in their, from their successors. You look at people like Fritz Chrysler and uh, Benny Oosterbahn who had played at Michigan and had the success uh, and and then obviously there have been others who haven't. Jumbo Elliott did not have the the most success as the uh, uh, sorry not Jumbo bump Elliott <laughs> bump Elliott didn't have the best success and was replaced by Bo Schembeckler. But when Bo Schembeckler was done, he gave it to to Gary Moler, uh, who at least was really good against Ohio State. When he was out, Lloyd Carr uh, took it to the next level, right? So that's uh, that's more of the trajectory you want. Now certainly there have been people who like Brady Hoke who. Had been in the Michigan program in that national championship year, who uh, did not and had a pretty good seller success at the group of five level, uh, only to come to Michigan and not have that. Uh, so, you, you know, who knows? But as long as Michigan and uh, everybody is willing to help Sharon Moore uh, really build out the staff and help him with NIL uh, financially and all of those types of things, then they'll be in a good spot, right? You know, I keep in mind that Ryan Day hadn't really been doing a heck of a lot, right? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look real quick just because I feel like, um, oops, I'm just messing up here. Come on, uh, okay, well I messed this up here. Uh, <laughs> playing with the computer, hitting keys that I don't mean to hit. Oh, uh, there. Wait, nope, nope, I can't. I'm like a, I'm like an 80 year old over here. I'm, you know trying to figure out what the heck is what. Making sure, let me make sure I didn't move my audio. Okay, I didn't. Uh, but like Ryan Day, for instance, uh, yeah, he was an offensive coordinator at Boston College and at Temple. Uh, but he was the QB coach at uh, San Francisco. He was the uh, co-offensive coordinator, meaning kind of where Sharon was in 2017. Uh, and then he was the offensive coordinator in 2018 and then moved to head coach. Now, obviously, no one in Ann Arbor wants to Necessarily replicate what Ryan Day's done, but when you look at obviously the uh, outside of Michigan and uh, you know having not won any national championship games, it's not like he had this like glaring experience that you would sit there and say, "Okay, that's great. Yep, he's an obvious head coach." So uh, it's it can be done. It can be thought of as a uh, very well in the same kind of vein because nationally, regardless of what you think, Ryan Day is still thought of uh, very well. So uh, I like all of that. So in that light, uh, we are going to actually, let's move on because we're already kind of up against it. And let's discuss uh, this, the other topics that I wanted to, the uh, the Ari Wasserman thing and what Jim Harbaugh said about Ward Manual. We'll get to those things here in just a moment. I love how I closed the window I absolutely needed. Oh, that's fun. So, uh, Jim Harbaugh went and met with uh, Angelique Shangelis at the airport yesterday, and he uh, was asked kind of about uh, the, the, you know, what would have kept him at Michigan, kind of, and kind of more like the consternation between him and Ward. Because, right, that's been the narrative. I've been telling you that it's overblown. I know there are a lot of people who are more in the know than me in a lot of ways that say it's not overblown. It's underreported somehow. But I still believed it was uh, overblown and that he was taking an NFL job if offered. That was just going to be the case. So here's what Jim Harbaugh said about the situation to Angelique. said, I know I was wanted at Michigan. In the sixth grade, my English teacher introduced the concept of critical reading. This concept of believing everything you hear or everything you read, it's all good. You know what? The proof was in the pudding. There is no villain. I've long thought this. When a coach leaves, the only way everyone happy is happy is if the coach dies. They're either mad at him for leaving or he's mad at them for firing him. Glad I've got a future. Glad I'm alive. I'm sad I'm not going to be a part of the this passing of the torch from, for example, J.J. McCarthy to Jaden Denigal or Alex Orgy. The day J.J. declared out in the field were Jaden Denigal and Alex Orgy and they were throwing to Kendrick Bells and I walked by and I was like, yeah, that's beautiful. So I, I know that there's people out there that are going to be like, he doesn't mean any of that. And sure, you're entitled to your opinion of that. It just, but it corroborates what I have been saying kind of all along is that that's an overblown story. Now, is there friction there? Certainly, right? There, you know, th- there have been jobs that I've had in my life where maybe there was a boss I didn't care for, but if I was, uh, say, retained, you know like there 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 there've been jo- like i i got laid off by uh, a couple you know at a couple places that just didn't have room for me or whatever and i would have stayed at some of them uh and uh, it, you know even though maybe i did not get along with my boss right if i had gotten what i wanted or needed and all of that kind of stuff or there have been times i've i've left places where i i've really liked the person that i've worked for right so i I just think that it's overblown right now there are elements where you can sit there and say okay well maybe he didn't trust ward okay that's fine but it's it's pretty clear that he wasn't leaving because he's just like you know what screw this guy i am out of here whatever so i think that that is notable and we should stop the revisionist history and kind of trying to surmise right there there's been this even just in the last 48 hours Uh, I've seen plenty of threads and Twitter comments and all of this stuff that Fire Ward, like the job hasn't even been posted yet. And yet, you know, they've got seven to 10 days before they can announce Sharon and he is not doing anything and he's just sitting on his hands. Well, as Anthony Broom pointed out on Twitter, uh, Michigan announced Sharon more in a less of a time frame than Alabama did uh, Kalen DeBoer. So. Uh, to some degree, you just have to kind of sit back and say, okay, maybe it's not, he's not quite the boogeyman that I make him out to be. You can disagree with a lot of things. You can, you can think that he's, uh, that Ward is not deserving of the job and that's, I'm not going to begrudge you of that. But it's one of those things where it's like every little tiny thing is like, Ward is just completely messing up and everything. And I will tell you that I spoke to Uh, someone that is in the uh, upper echelons of the University of Michigan and when it comes to all of this stuff they said I have full trust in Ward Manuel and that includes the attempt to retain someone like Jesse Minter so take that for what it's worth right like there's going to be people that say oh it's it's fractured beyond repair he needs to go and again I'm not going to disabuse you of that but I, I am at least gonna tell you the things that I know and I'm gonna tell you that there there's a large degree of like kind of uh mob mentality that's going on with with him. And uh I, I just I don't necessarily agree with that. All right, last thing, uh worth the read, worth the price of admission to go to the athletic and check out Ari Wasserman's article. He was arguing back and forth with uh, Ohio State fans. And keep in mind, Ari Wasserman at The Athletic used to uh, cover Ohio State for Land of Ten and I I, I believe other places as well. And um, he and I got into it uh, two years ago when he said the only uh, Big Ten school that was uh, uh, in a fortunate position, this was after 2021, uh, after that season, so this was 2022, he said the only Big Ten school that could rival Ohio State and win a national championship was Penn State. And uh, he and I, uh, had a little bit of a Twitter spat about that, and um, uh, the petty part of me considered retweeting that after the uh, after the national championship game, and I thought better of it. But uh, nonetheless, he now it's uh, you know completely redeemed himself because he wrote a whole article basically telling Ohio State fans to stop crying cheating because it just is loser mentality. Now he does say that it uh you know certainly michigan broke the rules i don't know that that's so certain still and that uh the you know michigan you know it should be punished for what it did do but when it comes to the national championship and claiming that the reason why your team lost three in a row is because of michigan's cheating so that's just not true which i fully agree with as joel clatt as i like to constantly say uh has said the, the more you uh, like to think that this impacted games at the level that, you, that uh, many of these people think it has, the less you seem to know about football. Uh, that should be a pretty big indictment. And Of course, you know, Ari's article uh, also got uh, a lot of people crying the same cheating, but lots of quote tweets on that. Stuart Mandel and uh, Ralph D. Russo from AP saying like, yep, loser mentality. And uh, it it really is, right? Because you aren't able to see past your own uh, hurt from the last couple years. Like, it couldn't just be that Michigan was better. And that, you know, did they find, or should I say, did Connor find a gray area to exploit and utilize it? Absolutely. But there's a heck of a lot worse out there that some of these teams have done. We've covered some of that here um and everything so um wink catapult so i have some interesting stuff i can't share on that that i just heard this week just confirming what i have told you um but nonetheless of course there's just going to you know there's no way that they can just sit there and say hey maybe we should be better right even ryan day doesn't seem to have that mentality cuz he's not looking at michigan and saying What I need to do is load up on the offensive line. Instead, he went and got one offensive lineman in the portal. The one that struggled mightily against Michigan from Alabama. Like he does not seem to have any indication of here's what I need to fix. I guess maybe he's just hoping Sharon starts falling off a cliff and he can get win number two against Michigan. Maybe we'll see. But uh, nonetheless, I think that the uh, Ari article is spot on. I think it's highly worth the read. And, uh, it certainly it's not a lesson that Ohio state fans will learn for whatever reason, or Michigan state fans for that matter. They they, listen, they already have a loser mentality. So that already is existed. But I think the thing for Ohio state people is that they have been front runners for so long that they just do not understand or know how to handle right from, from the flu to uh, the snow to, you know, five plays, all of that stuff. They just do not understand or know how to handle losing to Michigan. Uh, because a lot of them haven't experienced it because it had been such a dominant two decades in the rivalry. So to close out, hopefully Sharon Moore is able to keep the recipe going and absolutely upend them because it really would upend them. Cause I don't know that if you fire Ryan day, if losing to Michigan again, I don't know that there is an obvious uh, heir apparent on their own staff you might end up having to hire someone else. And in today's day and age, mass exodus. That's how that works. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will be back. uh was going to be back tomorrow, but now that we have the 11 a.m. Uh, press conference and there's a basketball game right after, I do not see how that's going to work. Uh, so, And Sunday is probably also not going to work. So four this week. I was hoping for five, to get back to five after uh, a couple weeks here of uh, three. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back on Monday, most likely. So, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. Peace.